Welcome to The Big Deal with Glenn Ferris, episode 61. Kimberly Thaggart is on the show, live at the party. Kimberly is an assistant principal at Denton High School, a 17-year educator and PhD candidate at Texas Women's University. Now, this episode is a fascinating conversation about administering public education during a pandemic, Denton's oldest club exclusively for women, and much, much more. Check out DentonISD.org for announcements and updates. And while you're at it, go ahead and check out GlennFerrisCommercial.com and go ahead and follow me at Glenn Ferris on the social media. Also, another announcement. Tune in to the Denton Chamber of Commerce's Facebook page every Wednesday at 4 p.m. where I will be moderating the City Council Forums every Wednesday in September. We're doing a different seat. Uh, we did District 1 this week. It went really well. And uh, so next Wednesday, 4 p.m., we're doing District 2. Those guys are in the hot seat. And it's going to be great. It's very informative. And I'm so honored to have the opportunity to moderate those for the Denton Chamber of Commerce. I hope you find this podcast helpful. And if you do, get on your podcast subscriber, whether it's Apple Pods or Spotify, Overcast, TuneIn, and go ahead and subscribe to it. Tell your friends. Thank you so much for listening. Now give it up for Kimberly Thaggart. Kimberly Thaggart, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Glad and to be here. How about this one? The weather's awesome, right? I think the weather actually has been just, it, it, I think it's a nice illustration and maybe even an echo of our times, which is just like one thing one day and another thing the next day. Never know what you're going to get. Never know what you're going to get. Total chaos. I like it because it's... <laughs> You know, September happens and then all these rainstorms and it's kind of cooler today. I almost thought about putting on a sweater because when it's a, a decent temperature outside, it's 30 degrees in here. Yeah. And we had, um, you know, we're at Denton High School and so, and we're building a new high school, which we're all incredibly grateful for. But I mean, we have a building from the 1950s. So in addition to everything else that our teachers are having to deal with right now, the air conditioner on the top floor has started to get a little funky <laughs> to, to be oh, kind man. about it. And um, then the rain came and when they came to fix it, they were like, the guys can't come to fix it because now it's lightning. So it was just like, can you just give me one piece of, yeah. of good information right now? Can one thing just go right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what people kind of forget is Denton High School is a historic high school. Where that is, that building, there are sections of it where you're walking through. And I mentored a couple of kids a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I was on campus. I saw you a couple of times. Yeah. It was great. It was so good to see you. It was awesome. Such a good experience, too. But walking through some of the old sections of the school, you're looking at the ground and there's like a chip here and like part of the stairs are broken. You're like, man, I wonder what happened. What's the story right. behind that? And it's cool because, again, it's a flagship school and you are, you know, you're at the center of the city and you get such a rich uh, population that ends up at these older schools that we love. The building itself, though, like you said, tells a story. So you'll be walking up certain stairs and you can see 
like where people's feet have like impressed yeah, upon the in, same step. Yeah, worn in like the the trail. Yeah, yeah. It it literally the building literally will will tell you a story. Are you gonna miss that when you go to the new high school? I I am, and and I know that. I know that we have these, you know, sort of hiccups with, you know, it's just an older building, just like any of the older buildings here downtown. Um, but I've I've come to love that building. It's the only building I've ever worked in. Really? I walked into that building when I was 23 years old, and um, I am now 40 years old. And I, for 17 years, I have been either a teacher, an international baccalaureate coordinator there, and now an assistant principal. So that's been... Denton High School and that building have been my life here. Oh my gosh, are you gonna cry when you? I walk know, right? Away I I think and I tear might. up a little bit. Yeah, I talked to our principal about that. He's like, I know. He's like, but I bet you about five minutes into that new office, you're you're gonna be okay. <laughs> but they're building the schools now with no windows, hermetically sealed. You know, like they're built. You've seen Braswell. It looks like a little tiny prison. I mean. Doesn't it? Okay, I think that that's a perspective thing, though. Like Braswell, to me, looks like portions of the DMA. Have you you been in it though? Yes. I've only driven by it. Oh no, you. It's different going oh, into it. That building is is stunning. It's cool. Like if you think about like how North Park Mall was built, and about how um, like the Hunt family and the um, their name escapes me right now, the big art family in Dallas. I don't um, know. I can't, I can't remember. They built that mall so that it would kind of echo a museum. Yeah. And I get it's to an say. Amazing. We talked about this the last podcast, actually. We've talked about the, I mean, they have Andy Warhol paintings up on oh, the, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Yeah that, yeah. that to me, when I walk through Braswell, I get that same sort of like art museum feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's cool. So do you think that's what the new Denton High is going to look like up on um, the Bonnie Bray? I think that, um, what the architects were trying to do is really sort of bring capture what is the tradition of Denton High School with a new sort of sense of technology, yeah. being environmentally conscious, those types of things. So I think it's going to be a nice balance of, um, again, sort of maybe the same ideas that went into Braswell in terms of maximizing space and making it a functional place for students and teachers to work together, kind of more in a kind of more in a group setting. I think that's kind of how education is moving is is more like Silicon Valley where you don't do things in cubicles separate. There are these opportunities and these spaces for people to come together and think and talk together. So I know that some of those spaces will be available in the new high school. Wow. Um, it's going to be beautiful from, from the pictures and the schematics we've seen. I think it's going to be gorgeous. You're excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the old Denton High School building will still be there. Yes. And I think the plan I've heard, if, if it hadn't changed, because things are always changing, uh, is that Calhoun is going to move over there to Denton High Yeah, school. and the, the last plan that I heard was that, that Calhoun would would move over that way in terms yeah. of how they're going to structure it there. Um, I'm not privy to any of that. But, yeah, um, give, the, give the funky building to the, the ratty kids over at Calhoun. <laughs> I think, I think, well, and of course they're going to do major renovations yeah. in there. But see, like Calhoun to me is the quintessential school building. That's so beautiful. I mean, it's, it's stunning. Yeah. And Alyssa has windows that she can open in her classroom. She's... If you look at the stairs that come out of the front, her classroom are the windows to the right. Yeah. And so she's kind of halfway in the basement. And she can open. I mean, 
I've been well, in her room. It's, it's it's cool. And it's a really good time to be able to open your windows, apparently. Yeah. That's yeah. what they say. You know, <laughs> get some airflow going. So that's cool. I'm I'm excited for Denton High now. I wasn't before. Now I'm like, uh, man, it's going to be like North Park. It's going to be no, a museum. It's, it's I, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. All of the new buildings that our district has moved forward have been gorgeous. Weston yeah. and I were driving through... Um, uh, like sort of more north northeast Denton the other evening for a retirement party we attended for a friend and as we were coming through the neighborhood I looked over to the left and you can ask him I was like what is that building uh-huh. that is stunning and the further up he kind of drove I was like that's that's Strickland Middle School yeah that's that's beautiful so yeah. I can see you know sort of us like um re- reshaping the, the buildings in our district yeah I'm excited so we're moving really close to uh where Wilson Elementary is Wilson's looking they're, yeah they're doing amazing a, as well doing a big thing over there it's we're so excited I'm so excited because the path to walk our kiddo to school is through both parks to oh, get that uh, man I'm just so excited I can't wait so that's why I'm covered in paint and stuff right now, because <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And on uh, when I'm not doing the real estate, I'm being a dad, I'm being over a there. husband. That's yeah, what you do. Doing the drywall, doing the paint. <laughs> we gotta get done this weekend. Oh, drywall. Gotta get done. Yeah, we had uh, we had to scrape the popcorn ceiling. Oh, that so, sounds awful. It's worse than that. It's worse than awful. <laughs> it's so bad. It's a it's a big job, but. Well, those things like owning something is awesome. It's rad. Like, cause everything you put into it, it's like, it's yours. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Moving on. I, you know, when you leave Denton high school for the last time, yeah. uh, um, that's how I'm going to feel when I leave downtown, you know, it's, I, so I moved uh, downtown in 07. Right. So it's been like, what was that? 13 years of living down here and seeing seeing everything happen um but you you said 20 no, how many years 20 17 17 years, 17 years. i've been at denton high yeah you've been at denton high yeah what did you start teaching when you got there so my background is not in ed at all i um when i in college i uh, majored in political science and my junior year, I worked in D.C. for the Senate Majority Leader. That was my internship that Who I did. Who was that then? Um, Trent Lott. Oh, yeah. Senate okay. Majority Leader then. Yeah. And I worked for him. Uh, How was you that? Know, through the summer. It was amazing. You were a staffer. Right? I was a staffer. Isn't it crazy how young the kids that actually run things are in D.C.? Yeah, it was like they they yeah. like basically left you the keys. Oh no, they they we we got there and it was amazing because when you are an intern, you are assigned to like uh, assigned to an on like an official staffer, somebody that's on, like on the payroll there, okay, right? Yeah. And uh we got there and we thought, okay, we are going to have all of these like stuffy adults. Like adults in charge of us and some nope, of yeah. it's kids. It's literally mm-hmm. just graduated from Ole Miss, Mississippi mm-hmm. State, Southern Miss, not even months yeah. older than you are. And like, they are putting together projects for the government. They look like they can barely drive, basically. Yeah. Like, sh- sh- are you like old enough to smoke that cigarette type of person? <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. No, it was. 
That's awesome. So how was that? How long were you up there? That's amazing. So I was in D.C. for um, like May through. Actually, it's it's a funny story because I left D.C. same year. I left D.C. about a week before September 11th. Oh. So um, I had just gotten just gotten back and um, which is, you know, something that's coming up. Um, And my mom, I remember my mom just being so grateful that I was already back in Mississippi because, you know, that 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 had happened Mm -hmm. about two weeks after September 11th. In fact, the you know, the Time magazine cover, of course, was the Twin Towers. And um, if you opened it up inside all of those staffers that we were in charge of uh, or that were in charge of us, rather, they were uh, there was a great shot of them down this hallway um, all getting tested. Um, The shot was great. Not not the scenario, obviously. But uh, they were getting tested for anthrax. Mm. And oh, yeah, that's right. That I, was a big thing. Mm-hmm. I just remember calling some of them and saying, you guys know you're in Time Magazine? And they were like, yeah, we waited. Yeah. <laughs> we, we waited in that line for two hours to, you know, to, to get everything processed. Was that what made you go, oh, I don't really, really want to be in politics? No, I actually thought that I would move back to that I'd moved back to DC. Such a great city. It is. It's amazing. It's an amazing city. Um, it just didn't it didn't work out that way. I lived in Wyoming for about a, about six months after college. That's amazing. What'd you do there? <laughs> I worked in Jackson Hole. What? Uh, in, a in the, ski bum. In the, in the, no, no, we were we were off season. Okay. So we were in the Tetons and we we hiked. That's ridiculous. It was it was amazing. Oh wow. Yeah, mom called me. I guess like six months in a day and said. Have you found yourself because you need a job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Time to get a job. It's time to get, a, get job. a real job. Have but, you told Alyssa about this? She would love that story. I think that I, I think I've told her. Oh, I think okay. I've told her before. Because yeah. that's our big thing now. Like we're backpacking. Yes. Freaks. You know? All of the stuff. Yeah. That I that I bought you guys. Like any of the stuff for the baby. I think yeah, it was like all like camping, camping stuff. Camping that's themed. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've been going to Big Bend. It's amazing. Have you been out there? No, I have not. But y'all, the pictures that it's I've amazing. seen are unreal. It's, oh, it's so crazy. It's hard to believe it's Texas when you get out there. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's amazing. Desert, mountains. Everything. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. But so you're in uh, Wyoming and you're finding yourself and you eventually do find yourself and decide. Yeah. You're like, is the fir- first folks that will take you is Denton ISD. So, yeah, so, well, I came back here and I worked in town um, just for a couple of attorneys in town. Here in Denton? Well, well, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was trying to get, uh, well, I was trying to take my LSATs. Yeah, okay. And um, when I, like, I didn't get into the school that I wanted to get into. It was a huge bummer. And I was just, you know, kind of really upset about it and thought maybe I'll just get a job, you know, waitressing or doing something like that. And my dad said, Kimberly, you really need to try and you know, use your, use your gifts, you know, that you have for public speaking and, and, and you know, um, communication, inf- influencing yeah. other people, communication and community in general. I think that was something mom and dad instilled in us when we were really young, just always volunteering and giving back. And, um, dad had to meet Charles Stafford for something at the, the building on Locust, the central office buildings on Locust. Hmm. And I just went with him. We, you know, dad took me to lunch and then we stopped by there and we saw Mr. Charlie. And, um, he said something, dad had said something like, you know, Kimberly's just finished up her LSATs. She's still trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. 
And um, he said, have you ever thought about teaching? And I said, uh, no, I had never, I had never thought about that. And he goes, with, I mean, with your background in political science, you could, you could probably be you know, a good history teacher. And I'd never thought about it. And this is someone who has come from three generations of teachers, <laughs> whose aunts are all teachers, whose grandmother yeah. was a teacher, whose other grandmother on the other side worked in the school cafeteria at her father's private school so that she could afford to send all six of her kids there, you know? So school had always been there. It just kind of crept up on me one day in a conversation. And um, Charles introduced me to Larry Shaw, who was the associate principal um, under Milton Wallace at the time at Denton High. And uh, he said, I have a history job position open, actually. History? (laughs) He goes... He goes, do you know anything about volleyball? And oh, man, that's I, how they get you. And I you. just remembered saying, that's how they I've get played you. volleyball. I've seen it on TV. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, but I hustled. I said, yeah. you know, I said, I'll do what I need to do to be able to be in the classroom with kids yeah. and, and to teach. And uh, that's kind of where it all started. Get your $20 a semester stipend. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> I just remember, I remember one time riding back um, from Wichita Falls after a tournament, and it had to have been 1.30 in the morning, and um, we were still waiting for parents to come pick kids up. But, oh. but here's the thing, that still happens. Like yeah. Teachers and coaches, our school board, I mean... I can't tell you anybody in public education, certainly not in Denton ISD, that starts their day at 8.30 and ends their day at 4.30. That just, that's yeah. it's not how it is. No, no, it's full time. You, you live with the teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's no, just. Yeah, it's hard to get her home. So. <laughs> but she's been, she's avoiding uh, any sort of coaching or anything like that. She has not been suckered into that yet. Uh, she, she's been asked, but she she's. She's a great coach. No. No. She's a she's a brilliant teacher. I like her too much to agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a she, yeah she's a she's an awesome teacher, history teacher. Well, at least they didn't hire a volleyball coach and then say, oh, by the way, do you teach history? Yeah, because so, that's a lot of that's a, that's a lot of history teachers actually. <laughs> and it's and it's one of those things too where actually one of them worked here. I feel like Greg Price. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's yeah. right. Oh, don't pick on my Greg. I oh, love I love, him. I love him he loves history too. Yeah, and so. I think that's the thing. I think every teacher. There's a reason that every teacher gets into this field, and I think no matter how much you hustle, at some point, if it if it get if you, it's not about the kids, you're gonna burn out. Yeah. Like you just are. That I mean, this again. I'm I'm speaking for myself, not on behalf of, of Denton ISD. But I I think that any teacher that I've seen that's just I don't know, maybe wanting to just collect a paycheck or you know something like that, or just wanting to do one side of it. I think eventually you'll you'll burn out. Yeah, the job is too hard. It pays too little to find meaning in the paycheck. Right. It's exactly. got to be about forming lives and the and fu- the future that's right you know you've got to have that long game mentality mm-hmm. to to really uh uh last people can do it but you're right i yeah. mean it's a i mean it's a it's a lot 
it's a lot. What, what, when did you kind of realize you had a passion for teaching? Cause you had never thought about it before, before showing up and teaching, I guess. Right. Did, did, like, was it, uh, were you quick to realize, oh, this is cool. Like I love, yeah, I love seeing like the potential in kids and helping them get there. Or when was it? I think that it was number one. I had an incredible mentor. The head of our department at the time was a woman named Donna Juren, who retired from Geyer High School. I want to say in in the past few years. I think it was in the past few years. I could be wrong on that. And she took me under her wing along with who is now a very dear friend of mine, Beth Hughes. And both of them told me, this is what the state of Texas expects us to teach. Yeah. And the teeks. I, the teeks. Yeah. And as I started going through the teeks, I think I was just like reminded of everything yeah. that I loved. Goat farming. The, the <laughs> That's a teak, right? And goat farming a teak, or did they take that off? You know what? At one time, Oprah Winfrey was a teak. What? This, In Texas? I, I don't think history? I'm making that up. I don't oh, were think you I'm... Texas history or were you like... No, 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 no. This was... You were... I taught world... I taught... I've taught the, almost the, the full now. gamut of high school histories, save economics and pure U.S. I taught IB history of the Americas. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. And I haven't seen any of my content in a really long time, so <laughs> don't put me like in a Jeopardy field right now. So it kind of took you back to what you thought was interesting about history and the world around you or did it take you back to high school specifically um did you freak out the first time you walked into a high school like after not being in one for a while were you like oh the yeah. smells well well and i went to, in k through 11 10th grade i went to private catholic high school so it wasn't until dad started coaching at TCU that mom and dad said, okay, we're going to move you guys into the, into public school. And I went yeah. to Colleyville Heritage High School. Um, so that, okay. so that was already two kind of diff very different, I think, perceptions of what high school is. Yeah. Um, but I just remember when I walked into Denton High School, you have to remember I was 20, 23 years old. Just a couple of years older than some of the kids. Just a young pup. Yeah. Um, volleyball coach i remember one morning <laughs> and a grad student at the same time so i remember grabbing like my backpack and running down the hallway and i was in a hurry to try to get on the bus to a game and uh carol hyatt who was an economic great economics teacher at denton high school she saw me like running around the corner and she grabbed the back of my backpack she thought you were a kid she pulled it up <laughs> and she was like she was like where is your ID? And I said, it's in my classroom. And she goes, whose class are you in? And I was like, no, it's my classroom. I'm the teacher. And she was like, oh. she was just, she was just, she was just devastated. That's hilarious. <laughs> she had grabbed me. And she was like, I'm so sorry. That's she assault. <laughs> and I'm going to sue you. <laughs> and she, she really, she was so apologetic. Oh, but I just remember being, um, yeah, especially when I was just in the coaching gear and I wasn't, you know, really dressed professionally. Did it help you relate with the kids better? <laughs> it, it really did. Yeah. It really did. You're like one of the gang. Right. And, and one of the things, and we always, I think, I think our entire district does a really good job of reminding teachers and staff 
that you're not going to get a kid unless you build a relationship with them. Yeah. Rapport is, is massive. Rapport I mean, is massive. Yeah. Even in, in, in anywhere, I think you can't tell, you can't ask something of someone if they don't trust you, you know, right. that, and that's what rapport is. So right. me and Alyssa talk about this endlessly because I deal with it here with clients and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, tenants and landlords and all that. And she yeah. deals with it with even among teachers, same thing, how to get your team kind of on board mm-hmm. unless they trust you, if you right. got their back. So, yeah. And I think that's, I think at the, at the time my age was what allowed me to build those relationships because yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I knew deep down I, that there were some things I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this beautiful sense of grace that I think the kids would give me. It wasn't the content. It was more like mm-hmm. classroom management and being able to, um, you know, like grade, like I, I would look around at these seasoned professionals and some of them still teach in the building with me and I love and adore them. Julie Seely comes to mind. She's one of our English teachers. These are people who had mastered grading and returning yeah. papers with immense amounts of feedback and I just remember idolizing that sort of approach to yeah. to our profession as a practitioner. Yeah, it's know. an art. It's it a real art. It's an administrative art. It really is. It is. And yeah. um, so I think the kids kind of gave me grace with with those sort of things, you yeah. know, because I was a little bit younger. Man, that that is so funny to hear all of that. <laughs> so how do you, I mean, you show up, you've played volleyball once or twice. You show up to the first day of volleyball practice, Denton High. What do you do? Where do you start? Where do you like? Where do you where, where do you start with? Um, go practice volleyball, guys. I don't know. But no, I so the so the beautiful part about this was that I was the assistant varsity coach, which at the oh, time, okay. gotcha. Which at the time, so really, there's someone else saying this yeah. is what a drill is or whatever yes yeah. she, i mean and she the the coach that i coached with she had played for tw she was you know oh, actually good yeah she, yeah, she knew <laughs> she was actually good yeah so it was more <laughs> and i think one of the things that i was asked to do there in terms of keep, keeping the girls together as a team i think that was my my big job was just i i mean i'm gonna coach them i'm gonna make sure that they show up on time i'm gonna do all of this and then you know, to me, she was like, everybody called me V because I still had my maiden name at the time. Coach V was in charge of um, all of the... Towels? Uh, all, all of the... <laughs> Gatorade <laughs> mix. All, all, of, all of the extras, like the big sis, little sis program. The, oh, them yeah, them yeah. encouraging yeah, 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 each yeah, yeah. other. Yeah. Um, trying to remind uh, remind them just to get along with one another and, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, morale morale yeah that's really that's really what it came that's not a bad gig i could do that that sounds fun no it was and again i was i was a little bit younger and i think that they were okay with me and of course this wasn't a term at the time but they were okay with me being like you're being extra right now yeah yeah you're 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 putting too much out you're investing too much in what this person said about you or you are investing too much in um you know this this criticism or that criticism I think it was more of one of those roles of of big sister at the time yeah. where I could, you know, kind of talk talk the real real with um with some of those kids. It's like a camp counselor. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when did you decide, or did you know this when you started? When did you decide to get into admin? Because you must have spent a lot of time in the classroom before deciding yeah. and spending the time to to go admin. I, I think that once, um, once I went into the International Baccalaureate program as a coordinator there, I started working more and more with teachers. And it wasn't so much just about working with the students and building content for the students. I started to come up with professional developments and um, attend a lot of different conferences where Mm -hmm. I was able to, you know, build rapport with other, um, you know, with some of my peers. And I I built, built some really great relationships with some new colleagues that way. And I started to really enjoy being a teacher's teacher. And I think that that's when I wanted really to go into admin because I felt like if I could nurture students and I could help students to progress, you know, if you, if you teach Amanda fish, I thought if I could teach teachers, then the impact, you know, the compound impact of that would be greater. Yeah. And there's something about teaching something that makes you better at the thing also. Right. Right. Like that's, uh, um, like in martial arts, they have, lower belts taught by not necessarily the the sensei it's like higher belts mm-hmm. are teaching the basics of lower belts so they can figure out more it's like learning for them but it's teaching you know that's right. the the kind of the tier system that's interesting so what did it take for you or how many years were you in the classroom so i was in the classroom from uh 2003 until 2010 and then in 2010, I came out of the classroom completely and became the International Baccalaureate Coordinator okay. for our middle years program, so our ninth and 10th grade program. Oh, Denver. so you were, uh, d- does that mean you were corporate DIC or not corporate, but what, what do you call it? You were a uh, district, were you in the district office no, or no, 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 you were still on campus at St- Denton High? Still on campus at Denton High, yeah. serving those students, and then well, from there I went to admin. Well, describe what IB is, because that's a really amazing thing that Denton ISD does. Uh, I think a lot of people don't know what that is. Right. So the International Baccalaureate Program started in like 1969, and it started in Europe. And essentially what it was, or the goal and the mission of it was, was to teach students holistically. Um, So not just looking at, not just purely looking at academics, but looking at how academics shaped character, the qualities that you want in a learner, um, embracing globalization and new ideas and new ways of thinking. Um, It really kind of took the best practices at the time that had been developed by researchers um, in again in Europe, Canada, and the United States and put it into this sort of packaged program, again, whose goal was to enrich students that would change our world. Yeah. And it's a big deal for Denton ISC to have it. It's, I hear a lot of folks move to Denton and, they're, uh, and they move to Denton to put people in that program to yeah. put people in that path. Mm-hmm. There's certain schools that have it. Like I know Calhoun, Calhoun does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alyssa, I think she writes some curriculum at her level for social studies mm-hmm. uh, for Denton ISD. Uh, yeah, so you did that for a year. You just wrote IB curriculum. So for so when I, when I was in the classroom teaching IB diploma classes, the diploma program is 
is the really sort of rigorous college preparatory program that our 11th and 12th grade kids go through. Okay. And I wrote curriculum there. As coordinator, I more or less worked with teachers to develop curriculum for their Got classrooms. It. Got it. That was very enriching because as a history person trying to help a geometry teacher <laughs> develop a, a unit of study, <laughs> yeah. the portions where we talked about, you know, um, learner profile or these uh, these different um, elements that we wanted the kids to take away, these sort of global elements we wanted them to take away. As soon as we got into the content, I was like, yeah. I'm out. No idea. Um, Pythagoras. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. So then you, uh, di did you get your master's in between there or got to so go got, through that? So I got my, um, so I got my MED during while I was an IB coordinator and then um after I finished no excuse me I got my master's in history first and then I went back and got my MED and when I was done with my MED I literally finished two weeks before my daughter was born mm. and Weston said mm. I don't want to hear the letters P H D for like another five years let's just you know take a breath <laughs> and I went to school, you know, just went to work one day and um, Beth Hughes, again, one of my very dear friends and colleagues, she walks into my office and she said, do you want a free PhD? And I said, how's that? How's that? And she said, the U.S. Department of Education gave this huge grant to the, um, it was called the reading department at TWU at the time. It's now the um, uh, literacy and learning department at TWU, um, the U.S. Department of Ed just gave him this huge grant, like $7 million. And the goal of the grant is to basically teach teachers how to apply a more critical lens, um, specifically with our Latinx students and our students of color. And she said, if you go in and you apply, um, you have to go through the same you know, rigmarole that you would if you were applying for a PhD in the traditional sense. She said, but if you do it through this grant, uh, it's it's fully paid for. Yeah. So I went home. Great opportunity. Made a really precious dinner. Yeah. <laughs> with all the happen. trimmings. Yeah, made it happen. <laughs> set, set my husband down and asked him if he thought. What a setup. He was sabotaged. <laughs> he would be cool if I got a PhD. And then, you know, when he heard the word free. Yeah, he said it's free. maybe maybe we should maybe we should look into this, Kimberly, and so that's kind of the yeah. the timeline from you know my first master's through where I, where I am now. Gotcha. Yeah. So how long have you been assistant principal, and what was that transition like? Were you bummed out to not be in the classroom and just dealing with uh, dress code violations and kids smoking behind the bleachers, or like yeah, it's, were, were it's you just, bummed out or were you uh, or you were stoked about it? It's it's just a it's like kind of a different it's a different gig. It's a different gig. Yeah. And in terms of what type of um I guess like gratification you get from the job, it's just different. Like I loved being in a classroom and teaching something to a student that had absolutely no interest in what I was talking about and then have <laughs> and them having those eureka moments and those aha moments in front of you witnessing that is to me oh, yeah. the great the greatest part of teaching yeah there's like some good positive feedback that it's instantaneous yes it's instant gratification like it all is. right 
and it's even yeah. better when you see when you see them teach each other. Yeah. Um, so not being able to witness that as much. Teach a um, kid to teach a kid to fish. Te- yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing too. I still do, I still go into classrooms all the time and watch other teachers teach, but there's something different about sort of leading that yeah. that thinking. Um, well, but more, now I get to do it yeah. in my in my office. You know. Yeah. Well, more admin seems like, and this is I'm hearing this 100 from Alyssa. Trent, let me calibrate this. It is very helpful for admin to have a good long career in the classroom. Is what is what it sounds like. I think I think that you that is true. It. Yeah, I think that's yeah. true of I think that in any type of system that is set up on any type of, you know, you know, st- structure like ours, right? Yeah. To understand what the teams both beside you and i mean and that's how i like to look at it i don't look at it like anybody's job is any more important than anybody else's the team but team it's, effort, yeah. it's it's a hell of a lot easier to be able to make decisions and to be able to communicate with someone when you've been there Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you have been up until 10 o'clock at night grading papers or when your air conditioner goes out literally in the same hallway, mm. in the same room that you taught in, <laughs> there's something to be said for yeah. going and looking at a teacher eye to eye and saying, I know exactly what you're talking about and I've been where you're at. Let's come up with a way to solve this together because, yeah. you know, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um so what was it like take me back to 2020 spring break you're sitting there spring break having a good old time right south by southwest gets canceled and you're like wait a minute what when and then out of the blue there's no school yeah what was that like it i I mean it's it's kind of difficult to explain you know, I remember um, Weston and I had been moving into a new house at the time. And so there were a lot of things that for about a year during a renovation that it seemed really scattered. Yeah, I'm in the middle of that right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Going to so be you, in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how it is. There's, yeah. there's, can't find anything. Can't find anything. Your yeah. routine is off. So we had, we as a family had almost become very familiar with the unpredictable and the inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. But this was like whole new level, yeah. Because the thoughts that run through your head as an administrator, um, they they were for me, and I'm speaking for myself. They were they were scary, yeah. Because you think about the kids that you've helped, you think about the kids that you don't know how they're going to get fed, you think about the kids who who come to your office or who seek out counseling services or who um, really rely heavily on the school as an institution of, as, as, as almost home. Yeah, the structure of it, the, the sh- built-in the structure. structure. That's the only structure a lot of those kids have. Yeah, yeah. and so honestly, when I, when I started to see this being a long-term thing, you know, going, going past April, that's when I really started to carry those kids, carry those kids on my heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize 
that that was probably on the mind. I mean, every teacher, every teacher mm -hmm. that teaches knows the number of kids per class that they have that are on the fringe, on the edge. Yeah. Uh, you know, the big, big number that I always talked about with Gary Henderson over at United Way was that, um, and uh, working with communities and schools is like something like there's a third of the, the school population that has hit a number of parameters and metrics that make them at risk of not graduating from high school. A third, thirty percent. Uh, if they in the the numbers on a kid that doesn't graduate high school, like they're exponentially likely to end up in jail, exponentially likely to end up a menace to society. Right. You know. So it is crucial, not just so kid so so parents have a place to lead their kids while they go to work. That's almost like not the real issue of like we should have school. Like the real issue is like, this is our community that we're making sure right. they develop into good citizens. Yeah. If we don't do this, we don't have good citizens. Yeah. You know, that's the big issue. Right. Um, so what's it, I mean, golly, what was it like to be in, I, I guess, an admin, uh, vice principal at Denton High, there's no school. And also, I mean, man, in high school, all these kids that were looking forward to prom and all this stuff and graduation, all that's gone. Yeah. That that that's was another sad thing too. for everybody. Well, and you know what? I um, I really applaud our central services staff and our board and Dr. Wilson and a, a really unsung hero that I worked with one on one. Um, actually two that I worked with one-on-one -on -one to get graduation together at the Texas Motor Speedway, Gwen Perkins and Fred Yonkman. Um, Dr. Wilson was like, we need to celebrate this work. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about yeah, it. There's something. Yeah. These kids started. And I think about, you know, our own zones started at Sam Houston yeah. as a kindergartner have moved up all the way into McMath and then and then to Denton High School, same groups of friends. It's like you said, it's not just individual kids. Who they are and who their families are have seeped into the community. It's become they've become part of the fabric. Yeah. And so to say at the end, you know, this this culminating event or these culminating events really, that they're not gonna happen, these really formative times for these kids. Um I, again I really applaud our district for saying we're going to celebrate that yeah. and we're going to, we're going to let them know that this was important. Yeah. Um, so, so that part in, ter in terms of graduation, I think that we made that happen for prom and those types of things. You know, I've got to give credit, a lot of credit to our parents. And I, again, I just speak for Denton high school, but our parents have been pretty amazing about understanding how safety and security are more important. And, and everybody wants to celebrate their kids, but at the same time, they're aware of the repercussions. They know what would happen if someone got sick. And I think that that was that understanding. We really saw that understanding as last year ended. Mm -hmm. um, and some of those events just, they didn't, they didn't play out the way we wanted them to. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like? I mean, you're, you got to develop some sort of uh, protocol moving forward to get open and kids are actually going back uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kids are going back. Yeah. 
and uh also i don't know if you noticed this i was scrolling through twitter before I, before i came in here uh-huh. uh guy or high school i knew you were gonna talk about that yeah has a positive case has someone's positive got the case. someone's got the vid what's the what's it been like to piece together how do we get this thing going again so <laughs> follow me here yeah my peer and it changes a lot too it does is what it seems so my my colleague frank pettis who used to be an assistant principal at Betty Myers. He's been on our, on our team. This this is his uh, second or third year. I can't remember how long Frank's been there. He he did a, he made the perfect analogy yesterday. So I'm totally gonna totally gonna bogart it. Yeah. He said that <clears throat> what and again, public education's been around since 1635, right? Yeah. And other than taking this small little schoolhouse and making it on this much larger level. There's so many aspects of the institution that haven't changed. So what, what Frank said is it's almost like we've had this giant battleship that we've just been cruising for all these decades, right? We have operations down. We have, you know, meal allocation down, the captains at the, at the helm. And we all know what we wake up and we do every day and how it works. And it's a complex system. It's an incredibly complex system. And it, it but it's, but it's worked great. You know, it's, it's produced, I mean, just speaking in Denton ISD, National Merit Scholars, you know, Ivy Leaguers. Uh, I, I can't even tell you how many awards that the district, district has won from fine arts to our counseling departments. It's functioning, this, this battleship, right? He said what COVID did was it asked us to all of a sudden start flying the ship. Yeah. So. Yeah, but to that point, name anything we did in 1635 that we still do that way. Thank goodness we don't do a lot of things like that. No, right? exactly. Like, exa- no, maybe exactly. it was time to, to, to like exactly. And let's, I think let's get to the Jetsons era of education. You know, like we did with medicine. You know, right? They, they still bled people as a cure in 1635. For no, medicine. and and again, I'm I'm just trying to talk about you know yeah. the foundation of the institution, right? Yeah. Like it's it's been around for a really long time. Yeah, the way they teach, it's a it's a thing. It's a and theory, me- yeah. and medicine. I mean, if you want to go with that analogy. I mean, science is one of those things I think that everybody's having a really hard time understanding, like, where's the vaccine, right? Well, I mean, science and in, in any in any great thing, I think, takes time, yeah, right? you got to test things. <laughs> you got to yeah. test things. So it's it, going yeah. back to Frank's analogy, asking this giant battleship that has functioned for this really long time. Yeah, to turn around in a to, semester. To just start yeah, flying yeah, in the air. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And here's the thing. Yeah, that's not a bad analogy. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. It's mm-hmm. a it's a really good one. And I think that, I think it's very easy in complicated times to point fingers and to underestimate the abilities of the people's people making decisions. Yeah. Um, well, people are afraid. That's what it is. It people is. are afraid of the and it's people are afraid of uh, getting sick and dying. That's part of it. But mm-hmm. really, people are afraid of the unknown. What's it going to be like? We don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. The, um, I don't know if you are an NPR guy. I listened to uh, This American Life from this past weekend, and Ira Glass did. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Did some interviews. In fact, I think the t- I think the title of the of the piece was "The Asteroid Finally Hits Earth." Yeah, and the asteroid is you know returning to school mm. is basically what he was saying, and the whole podcast started off with Ira Glass saying. Um, 
uh, I think he was talking about Donald Rumsfeld saying in terms of he was referencing the Middle East. He said, we don't know what we don't know, but we also don't know what it is that we don't know. We have the known unknowns. We have the known unknowns. (laughs) And I think that that's, I mean, this is a perfect illustration of that. In some cases, decisions were made um, based off of the the material and the content and the the science Mm -hmm. right in front of everyone. I, and then, you know, to further, to further our discuss, the discussion I had with, with, you know, my peers and Frank and them, I said, it's like, it's like every day our district has to, you know, solve a Rubik's cube and they solve it and leave it on their desk. And then when they come back the next morning, <laughs> yeah. someone's removed all the stickers yeah. and put different stickers on there. And all of a sudden the Rubik's cube has to be solved again. Yeah. You got to just roll with it and move forward. And that's what I've encouraged Alyssa to do. Uh, she's a team leader, a team leader, group leader, something like that. She's got a group of teachers that she leads. Yeah. Is if you don't know what to do, move forward. At least, you know, just move forward in any way possible. That's something. If if it's complete chaos around you, the best you can do sometimes is just move forward. So I think that's what's happening here. Uh, I had a really great conversation with Dr. Wilson podcast, a couple episodes Probably several episodes now. About four, I think. It was a four. Mm-hmm. And he gave me, and I went into that episode thinking there's no plan. No one knows what's going on. This is lunacy. Like, who's in charge? Who's driving the ship? Who's driving the battleship? <laughs> Why aren't we flying yet? But after that conversation, he had such a logical, measured, like, hey, we're going to deal with it as it happens and move forward. I was like, I walked away and so uh, Alyssa was down with her mom, who's also a teacher down in Beaumont for a couple of days with Critter and they were driving back up and they listened to the podcast uh, on the way up, back up. And by the time they got up, they listened to it. And I asked them if it was like, how was it that I asked the right questions? And they both as teachers said, we feel better about going back to school because of what his answers were, you know, like you can't, uh, you know, you can't save everyone from getting every disease ever. That's not the goal, right? Right. The goal really is to get back to school so we can not lose a generation of kids as citizens. You know, here's my analogy and you're welcome to use this. I'm a not very original person. But this is original. I will say that I have not stolen this from anyone. It's like a car. You got a battleship, I got a car. <laughs> so we, there, there's a certain amount of risk with getting on the highway every day. Right. That we, we accept. Well, why do we accept it? Well, it's because in our car, we've done everything we can to mitigate that risk. We got seatbelts. We got good tires. We have this inspection system. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do is do everything we can to mitigate the risk, but at the end of the day, we got to get in our car. We got to go to work. We got to go do these things. We got to go to the grocery store. So we accept that we may get hit by an 18 wheeler and, and killed, but we accept that every day. Yeah. But it's for the, you know, f- because we've done all we can. And I think that's what opening schools is going to be is getting in the car with our seatbelt on, you know, I, do t- the, I agree with you, do the best you can to, and I think it's, I think that the fear is, 
I think that that's something that we that we all accept is a natural, um, you know, a natural response to what's happening. But you know, and I always I try to always have a historical perspective on whatever I'm I'm looking at. And well, your history, and teacher. I and I th- <laughs> exactly, yeah. and I think that if you go back and you look at all of the things that teachers in all of the decades of American history have been through. You know, we've been able to get students through world wars. We've been able to get students through the threat of nuclear harm. We've been able to get st- uh, students through um, even even something like the AIDS pandemic in the in the eighties, like things that mm. were um, golly school shootings. You know, sc- school shootings. I yeah. mean, there are things that our teachers in our schools have, and I hope will continue to always get our, our kids through. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's a great perspective. Um, the, the resilience of the, the teacher in the classroom. And it's so important. It, I, I, it goes back to, you know, the reason I mentored kids and spent time uh, doing that is because I recognized sitting on my steps downtown uh, that kids walk by all the time. And it's kind of up to us to make sure those kids walking by are good kids and not getting in trouble because eventually if they're getting into trouble, they're going to throw a brick through this window. They're going to set this on fire. They're going to blow, you know, bad things can happen. Mm -hmm. That's on us. Like the more, the the more rotten kids we produce, like that's kind of our responsibility (laughs) with at some point we need to, to take responsibility for our community. And, uh, you know, I think that's what teaching is as well. That's why uh, public schools are so stinking important. Um, I just, I can't uh, emphasize that enough or think about that enough. I think even as an economic driver, I remember when I was a kid, my parents moved to the Klein School District down in Spring, Texas in 1986 and moved to a certain neighborhood to put me in a certain school. Yeah. Because it had great academics, great arts program. I was in music, um, you know, that, and that's what Denton should be. That's what Denton is. You know, the IB program, people move here and take part in our economy to send their kids through the IB program at, at DISD. So. I always, too, I always think that it's a good measure of a school district um, as to how many students come back. So I think about friends of, of, you know, Weston and I's that, that we hang out with regularly mm-hmm. and how many of them went to Ryan high school, how many yeah. of them went to Denton high school. Um, and they're, they still live here. They, they moved away and came back and are raising their families here. And I think that's a testament to the values that they were taught in our schools. And it's, you know, something that they want to perpetuate in their own children. Yeah. And, you know, Denton's got that community and that small town feel. And it's because like, <clears throat> like it retains talent in a, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. Um, yeah. It's a man, great city. So something I got to cover, I got to ask you about this. Yeah. Aerial club. <laughs> it's the oldest women's club in Denton. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about it. I mean, I- people, when I tell people about it, uh, like I mentioned somebody and I'm like, oh yeah, my, uh, Alyssa's an aerial club with them. People are like, huh? What, what is that? Mm-hmm. I'm like aerial club. 
What is it? Okay, so and and you know what? I'm going to be quite honest. Your wife could probably tell you far more far more than I could. The the women's club. Are you is, all in the same club or different? Clubs? We're in the, we're in the same club. I'm oh, okay. actually I'm actually in two different clubs. Is that allowed? Um, I don't know if it was allowed. For now it is. I don't know if it was allowed when it happened, but there's three <laughs> members that are members in both Alyssa's club oh, and then a, and, and then a different club. Oh, I did not know this. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so the women's club building that's downtown right near um, the the library. Yeah. And it actually, and the, the everyone uses for, for Jazz Fest. Yeah. For a respite from, ja, from Jazz mm-hmm. Fest. It's the green room um, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That building belongs to the Federation, which is, I, I want to say that it is centralized in Austin. Like the Star Wars? <laughs> the mothership. Um, and so the the dues that we pay. Wait, no, and, was Star Trek was the Federation, I think. Yeah, sorry. Was I'm get, it? I'm getting my you're gonna star You're going to get sci-fi. a lot of hate mail from some really nice nerds for I'm that. i get some text messages <laughs> about that. It's okay. So, I mean, our our goal as a women's club is to use our small, um, our smaller chapters um, or groups to sort of help uphold the women's club building and the values and the goals of the federation, mm-hmm. which are to you know, can sort of create a sisterhood amongst one another, but more so to use our meetings together um, to help you know enrich our community. Yeah. yeah, it's been around since how long? Like 1890s 18, or something. 1880 <laughs> something, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the front of my directory because it what, says established 1887. Yeah. Maybe I can't remember. And what what do y'all do at a meeting? I mean, it's like you have the business section, then the program. Uh, yes. The one that Alyssa does, she's president, I think, and they're I think they're starting meetings back up. She has a meet. Actually, I'm going to end up being late for me. I already told her I was going to be late for a meeting. Oh no! No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, no, I, I emailed so I emailed her and I said I'm going to be late, and she goes, I know why. They're a lot of fun. I've been I've been the program mm-hmm. uh, at one over at Jill's mom's house. Um, so much fun. Yeah. Uh, good food. Good drinking. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. We so. we have a formal meeting at the beginning. Yeah, and Alyssa's currently our president. So, and you know, it's really it's really interesting that she has such a background in Robert's rules, because if you oh, don't know yeah. how to run a meeting, sometimes, I mean, you have to imagine there's a bunch of women who all adore each other, and you get them into the same room. They it's haven't seen each track. other in a month. Yeah. You know, it can be yeah. very easy, you know, well, and she, she was, does a good job of that. She was a historic landmark commission chair, and she was on that for six years, and uh, she had some unruly people on that, and that's where that's where she got it from. She's like, I got to I gotta rein this in, and that's how you rein it in, is you understand how Robert's Rules works. Yeah. So. When I grow up, I want to be Alyssa. I think about how much she, I think about how much she knows about so many things, particularly Texas history. Oh, uh, she's so fun. Um, yeah. yeah, no, she's great. But our our club takes every opportunity. Each club has its own theme. Yeah. So there was the I think the Shakespeare chapter is the one that began was the first one in Denton, and it was they just um, read Shakespeare. I think it was comprised of several, maybe literature professors, um, and 
That was the that was the theme of their of their club. Ours is oh um, so ours is New Horizons. Yeah, and the theme of our club is uh, travel, travel and leisure. Yeah. So, a lot of the things that we discuss have to do with travel and leisure, yeah. drinking wine, and traveling, <laughs> and yeah. it's so interesting though because so many of these women lead different aspects of our community some of them the private sector some of them are in public works teachers educators um and when you all get together and you learn a little something about each other it's amazing the connections that you start to make and it's amazing it's it's kind of an amazing group of women in it as well just i mean it's it's a real legitimate powerhouse of like Mm -hmm. female ability i'm always like impressed no, that that By who's over there? It's like that group is. Yeah, um, yeah there's some power hitters in there. Yeah. Just oh, the summer party. Women. We missed the summer party this year. We did. Yeah, I know. There's no so summer sad. party. Yeah, Tony Tony Rivers and I were talking about that the other day um, because we were just we were going through some old pictures and uh, it made us sad that we weren't able to all able to all get together. It's yeah. crazy because all the guys work with each other in some way. It seems. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all the goods over there, you know, Greg's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's so much, I don't know, that group, it's just so funny to think about that all, all the ladies are in a club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love the idea. <laughs> it's a nice, nice way to get you guys all together. Yeah. What's the program tonight? Um, tonight's our, gen- we just have a general opening meeting. Okay. A, lot, a lot of what we discussed tonight is going to be what this year is going to look like for Ariel. Yeah. Yeah. It could be different. Could be yeah. different. I think everybody's a little zoomed out, yeah. you know. But at the same time, we want to be we want to be respectful of yeah. how everybody feels about COVID and making sure that we're not, you know, yeah. doing anything that we're not supposed to be doing there. Yeah, so. never know if someone's living with a grandparent or something. You know, mm-hmm. you just never know this right. day and age. You know, I've enjoyed the Zoom because I can sit at my desk and hop into a meeting. Instead yeah. of being late for it, I can just, oh, <laughs> here I am. Ding, on time. 15 minutes. I'm going to be early. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, so, man, thank you so much for coming by. I don't want to make you late because I know how awesome those, is it at 5.30? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no, yeah, 5.30 is when they'll start. But um, Get on I was glad there. to come in and, and talk to you for sure. Yeah, this was good. Thank you yeah. so much. And, man, I, I was telling Melissa, I was loading the dishwasher and I look down, hang my head, and I'm like, I miss my friends. I know. <laughs> like, I miss hanging out with people I know. so stinking much. Same here. In Europe, I heard they did something called corn pods, and that's how those people have kept their sanity. Some of those areas have kept their sanity yeah. because they just they Old knew pods, when it happened. Yeah. Let's just start getting our friends together now so we can yeah. stay together. You know? I like sat there and listed our friends and what I missed about them. <laughs> <laughs> like went through the list. I was like, I miss cracking up with Jill Jester. Oh, I miss talking about. Is crazy there anything music better than cracking music. up with Jill Jester? There's oh, nothing better than cracking man, up. Man, it's Jill horrible. Jester. I can't wait till things are back to normal. Same. Just got to get to November third, and then it'll all go away. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna get a text message about right there. <laughs> That's right. That's Anyways, right. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, yeah, Glenn. So good. Good to see you. All right, there you have it, folks. Episode 61, Kimberly Thacker. Great conversation. Always, always great to talk with her. 
I'm going to go paint my house now. We'll see you next week.